I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't like blood and guts. But I love them when they're lengthily discussed. Trust with Rucky and Bust. <laughs> uh, this is Child's Play 2. Yes, Whoa. Child's Play 2. Uh, when you said uh, Rucky and Bust, I was thinking, so it'd be great if one of the co-hosts is Alan Ruck. Oh, well, that would be great. I, uh, people are now disappointed that we yeah. even brought that up. Uh, and his nickname is Rucky, of course. <laughs> and then Bust, what, Elvira? Oh. <laughs> I was thinking like a bust of Shakespeare. Oh, that just better. doesn't speak. No, I think and he yours doesn't is talk. It's just Alan you, Ruck. No, but if you had Elvira and Alan Ruck doing a podcast about child's play, what more could you want? Maybe it probably already exists. I bet if you go to Google right now and just type A L A, it'll autofill yeah. Alan Ruck, Cleopatra, <laughs> Cleopatra, Elvira. You know what? Throw her in there. Hey, Elvira as Cleopatra. That's a movie I'd like oh, to see. That's a too. movie I'd like to see. And I'd love to see Alan Ruck as Mark Antony. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be good. Uh, and uh, you know what people also like to see and maybe even already liked to saw? Uh, Child's Play 2. That's what we're here to talk about today. We're yeah. in the Child's Play season. Listen, this episode's coming to you if you're listening as a free listener That's right. with ads. That's right. And a week later, then it's it's already been out living in the world behind the Patreon paywall, though. Yeah, that melted Chucky has already <laughs> molded into hard, um, unmalleable uh, plastic. That's right. So- you can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and get these episodes ad-free a week early. Get bonus content like uh, cinema feature-length commentaries mm-hmm. with yours and mine truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mailbag episodes, yeah, cozy right. tournaments, cozy tourneys. Uh, draft movie, draft things. Yeah. About, I can't People speak, are going to be but, picking the commentary too. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's oh, right. All kinds of fun stuff. It's a good time to be a, a subscriber, a uh-huh. trustee, as we call it over there. Yeah, Plus, a there's trustee. a Discord where people can talk. You can all have your own community. Yeah. Listen, 
that's the business, except to say there's one more, two more pieces of business. Let's two get two more pieces of business. We've got four xenomorphs to read, which means if you subscribe at Patreon at the xenomorph level, you get your name read. Ooh. First up, we've got Aaron Schweigert and Josh Caps and Brendan Murray and Nathaniel Barbian. Hey, welcome. Very much welcome. Welcome, welcome. And then why don't you take us through the last bit of business? Oh, last bit of business. Did you know that Matt Gorley is in a band called Townland? And did you know that Paul Rustin is in a band called Don't Stop or We'll Die? And did you know there is a third band called The Sloppy Boys? Uh, Well, those three bands are going to be doing a show in Los Angeles at the Lodge Room on August 4th. That's a Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And that's in the year 2022, just in case you guys are listening to this in 2017. Somehow, <laughs> <laughs> wow! You gotta impressive. wait five years. Sorry, it's three bands. Probably no joke. Twelve podcasts. Yeah, among us, among them. Yeah, at least. Um, it's the Lodge Room, which is such a great venue mm-hmm. on the east side here, where you usually were playing in the Valley and then in yeah. NoHo. Now we're in Highland Park. Great venue, lots of room, lots Lot, of good beer. Lots of good, yeah, places to go uh, before and after. Yeah. Get beer, eats, Here's uh, what I slacks. say to do. Here, I'm going to pitch to you, the listeners, an evening Ooh, in Highland Park. That's perfect. You come a little early. I'd say get there around six. Go eat dinner at Home State hey. Tacos. Mm-hmm. Incredible tacos. Mm-hmm. They have a taco named after one of the members of my band's other band, Tijuana Panthers. Ooh, I uh, there's a home state in my neck of the woods, and I love their queso. Oh. I'll just go sometimes, Matt. I'll get a bottle of Coke with chips, oh. queso. I'll just sit right there on the street, munch, munch, munch. Watch life go by, munch, munch, munch. Oh, oh. it's heaven. <laughs> yeah. Then go to, uh, I think it's Salt in the Straw or Afters. Ooh. I forget. Get yourself some of that gourmet ice cream. Like I recommend, like that the cornflake one with milk flavored ice cream. Mm. All ice Just cream the way is you're milk selling flavored. it there. <laughs> you got so if you have a little you have your salt tooth, mm-hmm. then you go to pleasure your sweet tooth. That's exactly right. <laughs> then you just walk right to the lodge room. All of these are within walking distance music of each other. Tooth. Yes, you get your music tooth. You could probably take the train down there. What a what a great oh, yeah. time. And well, see three bands. Yeah. And when you take the train, you help the earth, the environment. Uh-huh. Um, and also, um, you know, you, you, you don't get behind the wheel of a machinery with uh, three seven-ups in you. No kidding. That's 21 ups Holy bouncing around shit. when you're trying to drive home. Plus, there. oh, I forgot. Don't go to Afters or Salt and Straw. Go to 31 Flavors. Have 31 Flavors, 21 ups, three bands, 12 podcasts. <gasps> and a partridge in a what? And this is with Gorley and Russ. Let's get down to pleasure. <laughs> yes, uh, that was the business. And now this is the pleasure. Child's Play 2, parentheses, 1990. Now, it doesn't need that parentheses. Uh, it's not like there's another Child's Play 2 out there. I just, for That's fun. That's funny, though, if that was the see. subtitle, though. Child's Play 2, colon, 1990. Ooh, yeah, because uh, what was the like class who- of 1999 and... Like Blues Brothers 2000, yeah. Child's Play 1990. Uh, have you seen uh, Blues Brothers 2000? No, sir. Um, 
I have. <laughs> I think you. Yeah. What did you? You I told me something. But about I want to remember what was it, and I want to remember by having you tell me again. Oh, it's it's just, it's bad, and you can tell like one of the parts was written for Macaulay Culkin, but he got too old for it or something. Oh, really? It's like oh, kid, the kid. kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's John Goodman, John. Jim Belushi. Yeah, the original cast of the Blues Brothers. Uh, and Paul Schaefer. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Ackeroyd. When we do our Blues Brothers season, we'll have a lot to say. We'll do those two, and then we'll go and do a, a live report from the stands at the Universal Studios Hollywood Blues Brothers performance. Oh, yeah, the Blues Blues Brothers review or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen that, and it's it's. Pretty good. Those, uh, those when I saw it, the guys were selling it. The, I agree. They uh, they earn their money in that hot Southern California sun. That's right. Um, and how apropos that we would be talking about Universal Studios in the year of nineteen ninety. Take it, buddy. Because Matt, you know this is what I saw the billboard for Trials Play too. <laughs> I mentioned this on a previous <laughs> podcast, and as uh, uh, somebody on the Patreon. Pointed out in the comments, and I appreciate this. The reason Chucky in the poster for Child's Play 2 is saying, Sorry, Jack, Chucky's back, is because I forgot to mention there's a Jack in the box with a Jack popping up. I failed to mention that detail. Okay, but that's not on you. That feels like a slogan reverse engineered. Or like the Jack in the Box was reversed, just like, we really want to make it say, sorry, Jack, Chucky's back. Yes. Well, put a Jack in the Box in the picture. That'll yeah, and cool. have a scissors going to cut his spring. Ooh, scary. I'm not a Jack in the Box. Why would that scare me? Yeah, I'm not neither a Jack nor in a box. What if it was, sorry, Jack in the Box, uh, Chucky's back. And he in... wants his socks. <laughs> Dr. Seuss was the... Uh... <laughs> The tagline writer there. Sorry, Paul. Chucky's in the hall. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Chucky's um, at the laundromat. Yeah. So no real cause for a <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was the, the that first week when Universal Studios uh, Orlando opened. Oh. So a lot of the rides were down. Didn't get to go on Jaws the Ride. Didn't oh, get to right. go on Kong. Presentation. Jaws the Ride infamously never working. I much like the shark in the making yes, of the Jaws. That's right. Gears and water don't like to mix, I guess. That's true. Get your gear. That's why you've never seen Richard Gear. I was just going to head there myself, <laughs> friend, and you got there sooner, thank God. <laughs> there before me goes him. What? There but for Mike me Cassidy goes and him. I had an idea once for like a. Uh, a monologue show. I think we I talked about this called Switching Gears. <laughs> and each monologue is from a different Richard Gere movie. Wow. So people, one person comes out dressed in like Officer and a Gentleman. And then the next <sighs> person comes out and they're, uh, you know, under the Tuscan sun or whatever. Oh my God. Um, How great. But um, yeah, but uh, there were some rides that were open and there was definitely that billboard. Um, mm. Now... This goes a little bit into Logo Loco. Is that okay? I think it's the natural fit. I mean, and I based on this logo, the fact that it wasn't 
the very first thing we were talking about because it's a pretty extraordinary the 75th anniversary yeah. logo edition of the Universal logo. It feels like Child's Play 2 is the flagship film of the 75th anniversary where they were just like, did so well with the first one. They were like, let's make this our calling card for the big 75th celebration. <laughs> it's like the uh, the uh, the big date out. Like Chucky's really going to show you yeah. uh, the... The night. And he they should have done know. like Chucky on the studio lot going like, it's the 75th anniversary. Let's take a look at what's Jaws doing. Oh, no. He's a man after my own heart. Hey, Jack. Oh, that's perfect because it's the same thing that Star Wars benefits from with those R2-D2 and C-3PO's. You don't need yeah, those human seriously. actors. You just have to drag out the Chucky thing and get some guy, get Brad Dorif on whenever he can. To- or poor man's Brad Dorif. <laughs> yeah, that too. Brad Porif. <laughs> Bad Porif. Bad Porif. <laughs> hey, Here's I- where they film the Desperate Housewives and leave it to Beaver. Uh, with bad, uh, yep, that's right. Bad Porif. Uh, good thing I'm not your barista. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome to Starbucks. I'm Bad Porif. Can I get your name, please? Uh, can I get another guy, please? <laughs> oh, sure. Right after I pour this hot drink on you. <laughs> this is what cups? I was worried about with your Ask name. Ask for me by name. <laughs> uh, you really the- want to unionize Starbucks? <laughs> um, I, I uh, hope there's a bad Porif out there. Who is starting really, a union? Really hurt by this conversation. <laughs> uh, the um, oh, so that so that logo. In case anybody hadn't seen it, um, it starts off with the very first Universal mm. logo with a little miniature plane flying yeah. around it, and then through a series of I don't know, dissolves or something, quickly goes through in quick succession all the logos. So this is loco, loco, loco. Yeah. I mean, it's multiple locos happening right. all at once. Yeah. And then it ends on the one we you'd maybe seen for the last 15, 20 years, but it's like, ah, ah, ah. And then a style that's basically been the norm ever since. You start on a corner of the earth and then it kind of goes up and over as it's panning out. Mm. And the, the big letters universal come over. Um, and I... Is that a um? Forget who did the score for it. Is it the bump 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 that one or? Right. Who is that? Is that um? Who's the guy who does James. Gremlins and oh. uh, Poltergeist? And uh, he's my boy. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Oh boy, Gold, Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith. That's yeah. right. You helped me there. Wow, I was so timid no, that you that knew. was going to be a dumb. But guess. maybe it's not even Jerry Goldsmith. So then it the- might be actually. Did they do anything special for the hundredth? No, I think other than just maybe putting up a hundred up there, but they could have really gone in style. Whoa, really so if that was nineteen night, that would have been two thousand fifteen. The logo's like embarrassed that it's as old as it is, and it's like I don't I don't really want anyone to know it's my birthday. Yeah, now it's digital and stuff. I mean, but yeah, the uh those big golden letters going over. Oh, and then uh 
uh, a seven to five, seventy fifth yeah. kind of appears. You're right. No glorious appearance of a hundredth of our logo. Um, uh, the that logo, the seventy fifth one, the first time it was shown was before uh, Back to the Future Part Three. Really, that came out ninety. Yeah, summer May 90, 1990. Whoa! And Bob Gale and they wanted uh, Robert Zemeckis wanted this logos to match the first two, and like you said, with child jokingly, oh. Child's Play two being like their big Andre, like Back to the Future Part three was their oh. one. And we're like, no, we want the seventy fifth anniversary to go out big with our yeah. big movie this year. Um, but because of that, Matt. For me, 1990 was a real universal summer. I'll bet. I went back, so I saw that logo, went back a couple weeks later, saw Jetsons the movie, that oh. had that logo, <laughs> loved it, got to see the 75th, and I knew it was coming because when we went to the Universal Studios, the tour guide said, hey, you're going to see this new logo. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, insider <laughs> and, scoop. Uh, uh, and then I saw it again before uh, when I went in theaters and saw Ghost Dad. <laughs> What a summer. Jetsons and Ghost Dad, huh? Yep. All high. And my favorite, Back to the Future, part three. Uh, Watch an old man fall in love. <laughs> hey, speaking of old people in love and 75, yeah. my grandparents celebrated their 75th anniversary. They're, <gasps> they're passed on now, but they lived long enough to celebrate 75 years wow. married. Can you believe that? Uh, uh, that's a real achievement. I know. That's beautiful. Wow. Um, it didn't correspond with the Universal Studios 75. Not. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of different things could have worked out a lot better if it had. They could have spent their 75th year watching Ghost Dad and Jetsons <laughs> and Back to the Future 3 going, hey, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old person in love. <laughs> have you uh, uh, um, seen Ghost Dad? No, I don't believe I have. Hmm. No one has. He's a ghost, Dad. He's a ghost. Dad, uh, I know you have you seen Leonard part six? Uh, parts about six parts. <laughs> uh, no, I've always, yeah, I've always seen part. Have you seen Leonard part six? Mm. Did you pay a ticket? No, I never saw either of these in the theater. It's possible I've seen one of them just on TV or something, but I, I couldn't remember tell Leonard you. part six being like on Cinemax all the time. Oh boy, and I do think it is, um, true that like. It's not that Cinemax, Cinemax is just like, ha ha, cut, uh, like, um, lower level HBO. Like, I think Cinemax pays a lower fee oh, for I'm the sure. lower boot. Like, oh, it's sure. like built in. It's like, no, you I'm belong in Cinemax world. Certainly. Part six. What if, you know how, like, um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service was kind of a dud when it came out, but it's been reevaluated mm -hmm. and is now high in the esteem. If that happens with Leonard Part Six, so much so that it actually rehabilitates Bill Cosby solely because, like, people are like, "How did we miss this? This this gem. This forgives everything. This gem of a movie for this gem of a man. <laughs> you think that'll that's your prediction for what?" The world will be no, just a what if. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. In fact, I'd probably bet against it. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably be dead very soon. Yeah, he'll probably be dead very soon. <laughs> so any DJs could take that little audio sample there and <laughs> drop it on a beat. He'll probably be dead very soon. 
Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and then it, um, gosh, I guess the song would eventually end. <laughs> I would have to. The <laughs> song will probably be dead soon. <laughs> yeah. Listen, last night mm-hmm. we took Glenn to a little deli cafeteria in Burbank called Pinocchio's. Have you? Do Fun. you know this place? And it's like Mm-mm. straight out of the sixties or fifties. There's nice. no sign of modernity in the whole thing. It's just kind of. It's got beautiful. Like, like a. You put your tray down at the bar and slide it along, oh, wow. and they serve you there. And you pay at a cash register, and it's an old brick Italian joint with a deli. And then we walked over to this uh, toys and comics collectible store called Blast from the Past. Oh, I love Blast from the Past. Yeah, they have Leslie and my our daughter have gone taken oh, yeah. it there before. It's well, they have full size good guys dolls in the box. Yes, they do. Yeah. Did you buy three? No, because they were $500. Oh my God. Now we know why Catherine Hicks had to go and buy one from a, I know. a, a hot one stolen from, a, That's from right. a toy store that got blown up by a <laughs> serial killer. Uh, what, uh, uh, well, first of all, what was it like seeing Glenn at that place? It was great. She loved it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, she tried some Italian food. Uh-huh. Uh, Loved it. She also liked just being out, seeing the people. Yeah, she does. She does. And she likes getting out in the wind. Yeah. She makes little coos and noises when she's in the wind. We got bikes that we've been putting her on the back with a seat. She has a seat. Yeah. She doesn't just hang out to the, one of the treads. No, though, bike. to entertain her, we've been like locking a carabiner on my belt loop and it has a big stuffed llama toy hanging off my tailbone. And I keep forgetting about it when we like we'll ride to a restaurant or something, and then we'll go in, and I'm just like have this like stuffed llama tail in the restaurant, and I think it's L.A., so people probably are like, okay, another eccentric. Yes, God. Uh, uh, <laughs> what point are you making this time? <laughs> uh, actually, Matt, that's a code. What am I? Um, that means. Uh, you like hugs. Oh, well, that's true. So be prepared. That's That stands. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll find like weird stickers on me that have been put on my body and I fell asleep with them and I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh. Because uh, you put them there or Mary put Mary them? Mary put yeah. a sticker on me and that's I forgot nice. about it or something, but... Good golly, what if I show up at a job interview for Oldsmobile <laughs> and I got a sticker on my head? And it's like Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm oh, talking man. Oldsmobile. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a scene in the Mr. Mom sequel. Oh. Michael Keaton's trying to get back oh. out there. He's got a job interview with another car factory. Uh, it's not Dad, too late. Dad, have you seen my sticker? Yeah, it was on my forehead right <laughs> around the last question of... Why do you think you're suited for this job? Why am I talking like this? <laughs> Dad, have you seen my sticker? Yeah. Have you seen my job? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into Child's Play Child's 2. Play 2. Um, so uh, uh, when the movie was wrapping up, as I took a step back, I thought to myself, this is a pretty good part two. Yeah, as that's far true. as other part twos go, they made some right choices for a part two, and yeah. uh, I rather like Child's Play too, Matt. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I think it adheres to the Paul Rust like Rust's law of fine horror franchise sequels. Give us basically a cover song with enough mm. enough frills mm-hmm. and and surprises and little detours. 
Yeah. That'll that'll get you through, and I think that's successfully what go, this like, was. Hey, uh, was that original song ever good? Yeah, right. Yeah. I've forgotten it. But that's not... This goes, hey, I remember liking the original song pretty good. Now, I watched this probably over a week ago just because yes. we had to reschedule and stuff. And and as the listeners may know from last episode, I'm not taking notes. I'm just letting oh, child's yeah. play wash over me. Yeah. So I'm afraid to admit how much I may not already. What I've done is conflated the two a lot already. The well, first let's, two. When we'll, uh, uh, we'll jog our memories yes. together. This uh, And uh, just so people have... Yeah, context. We scheduled um, a, a Zoom session for us to talk about it, and um, it was two days after I had gotten back from Iowa. Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, I can't do the day after, but I can definitely do two days after. And then when we got on the Zoom, we're not on a Zoom now; we're face to face, buddy. Yeah. But uh, when, when I got on the Zoom, it was the first time I saw my face, <laughs> and. I was like, I look like such shit. You did not. And so we just did the mailbag. And then you were like, you, uh, do you want to take a, you know, uh, we can reschedule. And I was like, great, let's reschedule. Yeah. Uh, because I was feeling very under the weather. Uh, but also, um, my, like the age on my face, we'll just do a little, you know, um, as much as this podcast is about franchises, Matt, it's also a window into, how years unfold in our lives, yes. So I got to say when I'm 41 now and this is the first year of my life where I looked in a mirror and I had the spontaneous thought, I look old. Oh, you don't. That's how I bring it up. I know you're not bringing that up, but I'm here to tell you as as a guy who does look old. You do not look old. I had that same thing this weekend because I was Zooming with my dad after a really long, exhausting weekend with the baby and our cat who has turned into Cujo for various reasons. I caught, did not, but not one of them getting bit by bats. No, she's no yeah. rabies, but she has the same drive, ambition, and mentality as Cujo. <laughs> uh, I caught myself in the FaceTime and I just went, and I was talking to my dad and I was like, oh, are yeah. we brothers? <laughs> Are you my younger brother? <laughs> oh my God. I just look so. <laughs> I mean, maybe computer beaten. zoom camera stuff is yeah. never flattering, but um, yeah. Uh, I, so when I saw that too, I was also like, Oh, I look like shit. Also just that I was old. I mean, uh, this is all not pandering for anything aside. There's been plenty of times in my life where I've looked in the mirror and gone, Oh, I don't like what I see right now, yeah. but this was the first time it was like age related where oh. I was like, Oh, I don't, and I don't look tired and like, uh, kind of a cute way. I just look <laughs> I like look fatigued. Snugly. I look and, and I think it's partly also like the bags in my eyes. This is the last time we go on my vanity trip here. That's okay. uh, but like, I think as my face is aging, my skin is dropping on my face and along with it, or just so I like looked up, like I was like, "How do you get rid of bags under your eyes?" And I looked it up. I was like, "Number one cause of baggy eyes, aging." I was like, "Well, oh, can't fight that." Jesus. I don't know how do you fight that oh, course? Let me throw this one at you, and then we'll move on to the reason we're here. Yes. The child's play too. Well, it is about somebody who has to age in the body of That's a child true. doll. So this totally fits. That's justified. Yeah. Um. 
all my tenure on the Conan O'Brien podcast, he's been saying I look like I'm I'm like a hipster, youth hipster or something. <laughs> Joking, but all the listeners thought I guess also for some reason my voice doesn't sound as old as I am. I don't know. Of course, leave it to your voice to be youthful, but not your face. <laughs> Everybody thought I was like in my 20s. And so as this show grew and my presence on the show grew and all of this stuff went to social media, the amount of tweets and Instagram comments that have been flat out, damn, you're old, is sobering because I I've always been I'm happy to age I'm gonna just go with it we we all have yeah. no choice but that has been there are some people who will mediate it or moderate it a little with like oh I you you sound younger in the way Conan talks about you you're younger I didn't I didn't understand that you were an older guy but then some people are just flat out like oh, God damn you're old you no know? see yeah well it's it's, it's funny because it's like a uh, uh, um. You have to remember when we were uh, that age of that person talking, that like that age. Yeah. Um, you don't being know. in forties. Like it's a particular. It's not like sixty old. Yeah, <laughs> this it's, is like a, it's the transition old. Yes, that's what I've been transition going old. Yeah, transition <laughs> old of the midlife crisis kind of thing, and uh, so I've been saying yeah. like. I don't mind being old. Just get me to yes. like get me to Silver Fox Bradley Whitford. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be the in between thing anymore. I, let me like accelerate me to the other side. I'm fine with that. Oh my god, I was like had a thought where I was like fully in the mode of like I couldn't. It's impossible for me to be at midlife, let alone be having a midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> and I was just thinking, and I was like, you know, it's funny. People make fun of people who have midlife crisis. Why? Just because at that moment in their life, they're trying to figure out what's important and they're prioritizing it. <laughs> it's like, hmm, maybe you are, Paul. Like, I got so on the side of the midlife crisis person. I was like, well, oh, maybe I am yeah. 41. Do I really think I'm going to be more than 82? Oh, Probably not. I went through it. My midlife crisis came during covid and through a very stressful time with family illness and also oh, take, trying to for, uh, for Amanda and I to have a baby, all of this stuff. And this was right when all of like the protests were happening during mm -hmm. the heart of COVID, everything coalesced. I think that's what also aged me. I just stress aged a good five years on yeah. top of that. Oh yeah. Mary looked at a, a picture of me. I was holding her as a baby. We were looking at pictures of her as a baby uh -huh. to be like, oh, really? And she saw a picture of me and she was like, Mama, you look like a kid. Oh. Uh, so I, I have aged in the last few years too. Well. Now, uh, we've been talking about uh, age here. And, and I will say, I made a rule for myself like 10 years ago. Yeah. I was hanging around some, are you hanging around different old people? Sure. And they go, they keep making an issue when you're hanging out. Yeah. Somebody will go like, well, and I'm the old guy here, right. and me with my old... And I remember always thinking, I'm not thinking about that right now, and I don't think anybody else yes. here. Age is purely, or not purely, a lot of it is just the mental whatever. So, I will say that in this conversation we've had about age, at no point have I said, uh, uh, you don't like the old guy. It's a sober recognition of age. 
But if I was with young people, I wouldn't be talking about this. Oh, I wouldn't either. If anything, I'd like to hide it. Yeah, I'd, be, they can I'd put on a on backwards baseball cap. Oh, yeah. I'd sit backwards in a chair. Hold a big lolly. <laughs> just do every age you possibly can cover. I'm just in a cloth diaper with a safety pin and a bonnet. What a skateboard, though, just to cover the teenagers, too. <laughs> well, nothing like having a, a kid at, well, I was 48 when Glenn was born. That... That both ages you up and down, but does not keep you the same. Where you like you're forced to be younger just to keep up, oh, but wow. also feeling really old because, oh man, you got to be a rock. Yeah, anyway, not a God. rock. No, the the state, the yeah. country. Not a rock. Not a rock. The country. Yeah, the state. The well, the country. This yeah, I guess yeah. the country is a state. Yeah. This is this is we listeners stick with us. We're gonna get yeah, we're to gonna, child's play. Yeah. And we're back. Um that it would have been perfect if the, the, the punctuation on the age talk would have been our noses started bleeding like <laughs> Chucky and we're like, Oh, we're becoming real? This is really happening. Or we Walter Donovan from Last Crusade just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too bad we're not covering Benjamin Button. Uh you mean like literally? Because I'd like to be covering that body. Hello. Have you seen that guy? He's handsome. He is. I don't know if you've, uh, last time you saw him. At any age. Uh, but that guy is uh, Bradley. Did, did I show you at my school we had a guy named Brad Pitts? Really? P U E T Z. So imagine a sexy name like Brad Pitt. <laughs> Make it not sexy. Pitts. P I T T S? No. P-U-E-T-Z. That's Pitts? It sounds like Pitts. It, it's like a German Pitz. Schroeder Pitz. Schrader Pitts. Does it have an umlaut? I wish it did. It probably did. <laughs> they could probably, use one. Uh, they probably, yeah. I would say that. I'd drive by their house screaming, <laughs> you could use an umlaut. Get an umlaut, losers. Get an umlaut or get out of the neighborhood. <laughs> And then it was so sad. I saw them later, and each family member was holding an umlaut. They misunderstood. Oh, no. It was something like, don't get a, like, just add it to your name. Yeah. So I should have been more specific. I oh, God. Like that. Now, um, in line with the, uh, you said Child's Play to 1990. Yeah. So this is June 1990, July 1990. Okay. This is the birth of 90s horror movies. This is the first? Uh, well, I looked, and Universal, who made this, released the very first January 6th, mm, not 6th, <laughs> January whatever, 1990, was Tremors. Oh, wow. So 90s horror is kicking off with a lighter side. Yes. And I think it's like a, um, Universal in particular was really trying, I think, to start a new batch of baddies mm. for this decade and they didn't take off or they didn't become big theatrical franchises tremors had all those direct to rental yeah. ones but uh, they released the dr giggles they oh, that's right i uh, forgot about dr giggles and that that has some sequels too right uh no no that's what's crazy no no no, no sequels for uh, uh dr no, giggles no nurse guffaws <laughs> Dr. Giggles is good though I mean I like it um, I don't think I've seen it uh, Definitely one for the one-off list Yeah for sure God, um, I probably would have put that in had I thought of it 
what was the um Dr. Diggles movies that uh that they were releasing. Uh I made a oh 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 I remember what I did. Did screenshots of all of the oh wow big universal releases that they they you could see in the nineteen ninety they were like this is a market that can be and just they gave up around the mid nineties. Tremors the Guardian, William Friedkin's big supernatural follow-up. Oh, um, Dark Man, action horror. Dark Man, yeah. Child's Play Two, The People Under the Stairs. Oh, Cape Fear is a little bit more grown up, but that's still. Is that do that fit in Yuppie Nightmares? I think it does, my I friend. I love that movie. I love Cape Fear so much. Yeah. Uh, Death Becomes Her, mm. Raising Cain, Only by One Week. Death Becomes Her Night came out one week, the next week, Raising Cain. Is Raising Cain fit in Yuppie Nightmares? It does, because it's about like, oh, uh, let's try to raise a kid. Yes. I'd like to see that era of De Palma. Let's do that. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Dr. Giggles, Army of Darkness. Does Army Darkness fit in Yuppie Nightmares? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was going to say maybe it doesn't even fit strictly in horror. but No, right. A lot of these sort have of, a comic bent. Yeah, or a supernatural. Yeah. Demon Knight. Village of the Damned, and then basically around in 96 with Fear and the Frighteners and uh, Bordello of Blood. Oh. And then after that, late 90s, it kind of dropped. But um, it seemed like there was like also with Candyman and Shocker, like there was an acknowledgement like, oh, these Freddies and Jasons are dying off. Mm. And uh, I mean, you, you joked, but it did seem like there was a lot of... Uh, production uh put to this i mean just the oh yeah the chucky doll alone is way more uh technological and the like artistic art design the set design the kind of like dollhouse look of the house and then the yeah. crazy cinematography too the kind of yeah anamorphic or widescreen yeah thing they're doing in close up it's weird yeah when i saw it because it is so different than the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, the look, yeah. And you can notice the difference, too, um, in the, the font for the credits for part two. Yeah. Are, they go back to the original font of Child's Play 1, and it works as almost a stark reminder at the end. Those credits come up, and it's like a stylish kind of Bloomingdale's, mm -hmm. which, <laughs> like, font. Because that first Child's Play was kind of supposed to be like, ooh, it's a Chicago thriller. And sure, it has a killer doll, but it's not like a corny-ass right. movie like that. And then the opening font credits for Child's Play 2 are these big, bold, gothic, and the music is like Danny Elfman style. I mean, I, I think like the cinematography in general, that sort of like wide-angle, bright color, it seemed to be there was something like after... Tim Burton mm. and after Raising Arizona Coen Brothers and yes. Sam Raimi yes. after Evil Dead horror just and genre stuff just started looking different and very similar to music videos at the time too yeah like post quick cutting 80s like music videos had cemented themselves by now but now they're getting that kind of 90s moving camera fisheye like point of view yes. sort of thing and less like the yeah less like smoke and lights look yeah less of that like 
Right. You could see the Spielberg spoken light look in a heavy metal video yeah. too. But at that point, it was like not. Um, yeah. So, and then one of the cinematographers went on to work with Tim Burton. He did like Ed Wood and That's Mars right. Attacks and stuff. So yeah. um, I think maybe even Edward Scissorhands the same year, but I could be wrong. But uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this movie doesn't look, um, and I they're not trying to. It just doesn't look like real life. No, it's there's like a for sure heightened, uh, almost like. Um, uh, good golly, I guess it has some expressionism yeah. sort of thing, right? Well, the house is pink and yeah. well, not just pink, but like a, I don't know what you call that color. It's kind of like almost lilac or purple yeah. or something. And then the inside of the factory. Yeah. Like I know it's a toy factory, so the machines are going to be multicolored in this world, but it's funny because like I worked at an ice cream factory. And the machines just look like machines. They yeah. don't paint them to look no. like mint chocolate chip or something. So, uh, but that uh, the the last twenty minutes taking place in that factory too, I think, looks really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I think like in terms of style, it also looks a lot like um. Problem Child 2 that came out the following summer by the same studio. Oh, it has this sort of like palette that yeah. like when he's in the in his classroom some of those colors just like are beating your face into <laughs> submission. Yeah. That's so like primary. Yeah. Um, And I can't believe that just it's a really a year and a half, 88 to 90 and he hasn't aged that much. There isn't that no. like possible tricky thing that would be like oh he's not a little kid anymore right. anymore it's not gonna happen for the next one though right no a completely uh different actor yeah um i guess we can talk about how Catherine hicks wasn't in part two and that's was her choice yeah they um uh brantley was uh who does our research he said he was trying to get to an exact fact about why she didn't come back and it, it was a little difficult to nail down um even though she was dating and later married to the chucky special effects guy was on set yeah visiting him right. um maybe she which just... seems a little bit like dating your ex's brother or something like when she shows up do you think chucky's like oh, he's here we had a thing she tried to kill me <laughs> yeah, he, he asked me if he could date her, and I said I was done with her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to make her your problem, I said to him, I says, I says. <laughs> uh, do you think, um, yeah, if I had to guess, it's probably either she just didn't want to keep on the child's play train, or maybe they weren't going to pay the. Well, do you feel at all the that piper? they were kind of going cynically? we want a young final girl in this that's like a teenager kind of a scream queen sense but like mm. tougher they kind of have that with um what was her character's name Kyle Kyle and then so much so that i did not expect the parents to die when we got Jenny no. Agutter here from uh uh American Werewolf yeah. and, and then and used Ga- cars guy yeah Garrett Graham yeah, uh, uh, from uh, I guess similar horror stuff is something like uh, this isn't straight up horror, but like Phantom of the yeah, Paradise. Yeah, Phantom of the Paradise. That's right. Um, and uh, 
and just another stellar foster dad and a line of foster dads in these movies. Although as foster dads go, he's stern, he's not lovable, but yeah. he's still got his, he's got a sensible head on his shoulders. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he's the only one going, this kid should have professional help. That's he's not true. qualified to, to deal true. with this. The, the, the foster dad or whatever in Halloween six didn't oh, even bother to no. show concern for the, for the kid. Yeah. Uh, 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 but the, uh, um, Oh yeah. Her not being there. Uh, Catherine Hicks. I feel like it's partly, uh, yeah, what you were saying about bringing... There was a point where I was like, oh, it's funny that this is the first teenager in a Child's Play movie, and she kind of like walks in a half hour into the Child's Play 2 with Kyle. Yeah. It was like, oh, most horror movies, it's chock full of teenagers, right. and we're just seeing one right now. I didn't think about how, yeah, cynically, it could just be swapping out. I mean, I think it's also just whether it was her choice or whatever, it's good for the franchise as a whole. Because I think if the mom had stuck around for part two, it would have made believability or plot stuff just a whole lot trickier. Yeah. But the uh, fact that they brought her in late in the movie and she's like a cool, tough foster kid mm -hmm. made me think, oh, she's there to get killed. Our mom is going to be like D. Wallace, basically kind of mom where it's going to, you know, our new mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we watched it last week and I took notes and then I re-looked over the notes before I came here and I was like, Oh yeah, the parents did get both parents got killed and the girl lived. It, yeah. it was surprising. Yeah. Um, it was also, um, it, it just made me think of, um, those, just those, I love them. Just those beautiful sequels where they don't get the original actors, but yeah. they go forth, uh, with the, uh, with the talent or with the, with the idea, uh, regardless. Yeah. Do you have any, Faves or any that come to mind as you like, mean like clearly the story's going on and it was written for a character that existed before, but they just slightly adapt it. Yeah, yeah. Uh like for me it's like short circuit two. Oh. Like they couldn't get Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy. Uh so they have Fisher Stevens character and then a new character played by Michael McKeon. Oh my god. And at the very end, I I didn't know when I went in the theater for Short Circuit 2 that they were not that I wasn't gonna get my friends, Ellie Sheedy and Steve Gutenberg. And it opens with <laughs> a box is delivered with short with Johnny Five in it. And there's a letter oh, that's read by him in Ali Sheedy's voice. Like, we're having a great time. Johnny Five is going to come now and visit you for summer break or whatever bullshit it is. Uh, and feeling the wave of disappointment of like, oh, the old gang isn't coming. And uh, yeah. Gutenberg, you're starring a bunch of police academy sequels. You can't show up for a show. And then he bailed on some of those and you could have had that feeling all over again. <laughs> I did. One I or did. two that he's not in. And yeah, I did. Well, Godfather 3 is, you know, <gasps> Robert yeah. Duvall is definitely supposed to have a substantial part in that. And I think they kind of divvied his role up among George um, uh, Hamilton. Hamilton and Don Novello. Also, there's a show that I adore called Slings and Arrows, and Rachel McAdams is in the first season. It was mm. before she hit big. It's a Canadian show. Mm. Then between season one and two, she becomes a movie star, basically. Mm. And so they kind of were going to take her arc over these three seasons, and they divvied it up among two separate lovers each season. But she was good enough to like come back for second season for the first episode to basically leave 
the show, like to make sense of her character. And like, kind of uh, pass a baton of some sort. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And it, it ended up working out pretty well. But you still missed her. You do. Yeah. yeah. But then Sarah Polly plays one of her types in the third season. Yeah. And she's really good too. And so is the second season. I just love that show. Is the idea strong? You know, because like it makes sense when the premise is really good. And you're like, oh, I could keep coming back to this regard. Because it's like, when it's like a sequel to Dumb and Dumber and you're not getting yeah. Jim Carrey back, you're like, well, the first Dumb and Dumber would have been nothing if Jim uh, Carrey right. was in it, so why are yeah. we making a sequel without him? You yeah, know? it seemed like with all the guys that replaced Curly in The Three Stooges, Joe Besser and even Shemp. I mean, I, I Shemp had some kind of thing going on. For one thing, he was a Howard brother like Moe and Curly. He was part of the family, but... You just can't beat Curly. I mean, he, I don't care who you are. He's a, yeah. And when you're a kid, he looks like a, just a big baby. He looks like a, a grown up infant. So when you're a kid and he's not around, it's like, yeah, it'd be like if kids, you want to watch Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Okay. A different person will be playing the cowardly lion and he sucks. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so because that's my audience surrogate there. Yeah. I get to see somebody be a little kid like me. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I guess it's when people went to see George Lazenby in, in Bond after Connery. They just, I understand it. You can't, I still wouldn't be able to handle another Indiana Jones. Yeah. But if they did it for Bond, they could do it for Indiana Jones. But Bond I is, it's so funny. Or any kind of like when they swap it out like that, because it's either. The character has, is such a description that only one person can play it and nobody ever could play it again. Or it's such a nothing oh, character. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying James Bond no, is nothing. Right. It's just like he's great at everything. Yeah. So the, it's like how all beer tastes the same. So it's basically how you're going to brand it in a way that, like, yeah. So Sean Connery's like, uh, all of his coolness is the thing that makes that happen. So I could see how somebody being like, wait a minute. Just another guy who's good at stuff. The thing that makes it appealing is those eyes, baby. <laughs> I know. Well, you got Connery's like a logger, and then you get Roger Moore that's like a summer shandy. Ah, uh, that's good. You know, that's maybe good. Craig's like a Guinness. Or, yeah. Yeah. What do you think this different? Because uh, this Chucky does look different. And I would say Andy should have called bullshit a little bit, being like, <laughs> every kid has an eye for like a different yes. model. You're like, nope, yeah. that's yeah. not the original. Or, ooh, that is the original. In my mind was the new one, and I got this shit. Well, I got a bigger question, and that is just by the own its own rules, Child's Play's own rules, it was the heart in Chucky you had to kill, right? Yes, right. One. As we joked about, unlike other creatures, Chucky yes. dies by destroying his heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this one is reborn seemingly just because they take this plate steel frame and, and skull and give him the Emerald City treatment. Yeah, they just scrape him up and dun, 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 yeah. yeah. So and, that's enough to embody the soul of Charles Lee Ray, Roy. Ray? Yeah, Ray. I mean, you're pointing out like a little bit of like the big stitches in this movie. Cause Brantley pointed out that child's play two is a little bit what the act. I don't know if you put it exactly like this, but the act three of the original blood brothers, right. A uh, blood buddies, uh, script. Yeah. Um, which was, they go to a factory and there's a climax there, but 
you can kind of tell that like there wasn't they just sort of chopped that off because at the end when he's in the factory and he goes oh my god i'm stuck here forever i'm stuck in this doll's body forever it's like well, you were at the beginning of the movie yeah. of Child's Play Two. You were at the end of Child's Play One. Nothing is like to like, yeah. And it did feel a little bit like, oh, because in the first one, when he went to the factory, that is when he realized, oh, I'm going to be stuck in this body forever. And right. they were kind of like, whatever, who cares? We'll just slide that a little more to the end and make him still think throughout Child's Play 2, he still has a shot of... Um, but similarly, like what you're saying, sort of like the shot through the... You have to blow up his heart. It's kind of like they almost want you to forget about what yes. went down in the apartment and just sort of start back up. I mean, that guy does say... What's his name? That actor who's in Ally McBeal and stuff. Oh, right. I know what you're talking about. He's like... At the very least, sir, at least we got the doll yeah. or something like that. Um, and I, it doesn't bother me. I actually kind of like these just yeah, sloppy but, words, but it, it's funny to talk about. Because it there's still, yeah, it is funny to talk about because they're still adhering the voodoo idea. But if you're hanging on to that, then the big part of that is the heart, baby. And I'm wondering how, how because we keep hearing about how consistent this franchise is, uh -huh. how they're going to keep the quality up at some point. Do they just kind of forget about all that stuff and just Chucky just keeps? Well, I did think that's like why the sequel was like one of those that like, oh, they're making steps all in the right direction as opposed to the wrong yeah. ones uh, is like my favorite scene in Child's Play 1 is when Chucky's walking around on that kitchen countertop talking to the voodoo guy. Yes. So it just gave me more like <laughs> the, that first 10 minutes of Child's Play 2 was more Chucky talking and walking around than I got in the first one. So yeah. I was like, this movie knows what it's up. That's they know true. we want to see more Chucky walking around on countertops. And more automated factory machines that poke eyeballs into people. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, just can we talk about that? It's so funny that it's such a level Nintendo game level six thing. I'm yeah. like, you have to like yeah. dart underneath the thing that goes down. But also, <laughs> you could tell they got themselves in some sort of jam where it was like, well, we can't have the girl Kyle and the boy Andy have this done to them, but we want to see yeah. it. We want to see what happens when it's done. So then they're like, uh, a technician goes down yeah. to check on it. Yeah. And then it happens to him. It happens to him. So don't worry. We get to still see I it. I love reverse engineered victims that we don't yes. need that character. He's, a, he's an all night technician. The what factory really runs all? I guess it's possible. But I know, but he's the one guy there yeah. whose job is to go down there with the broomstick and like unclog the yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a, a little, a little far fetched. Yeah, uh, um, that was there was another uh, whose job is it? We'll get. Uh, I'll remember it. There was another like, what's that guy's job? <laughs> uh, the. Um, Oh, oh, uh, uh, when we were talking earlier about that guy was like, he's talking to the head CEO and like the little corporate underling yeah. is like, don't worry, sir. At least we got the doll. I was like, this is transcription of, um, universal headquarters and they're acquiring the child's. Oh yeah. <laughs> it did seem like those opening scenes were so, uh. Robocop satirical. Seriously, and the, the same kind of grays. And, uh -huh. and Robocop has that kind of similar cinematography at times, too. Yeah. Especially in the 
RoboCop POV, but yeah, this and also the kind of aliens sort of like the corporation's greed for the beast. Yeah. Uh, well, the um, when you were talking about adding the teenager sort of cynically in the sequel, it did remind me, I was like, oh, they did the Jaws 2 move Yeah. of like, hey, that first one had moms and kids. Wouldn't it be cool to maybe yeah. see some uh, teenagers? And I liked this teenager, uh, this actress. Yeah, me too. And she, I guess, reoccurs in these movies later. Ah, does Catherine Hicks come back at some point? Ooh, I don't know. Why do I feel like she does? That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, Kathy Hicks. Yeah. Um, but I liked it because I, in 1990, I was roughly Andy's age. I was uh, Kyle's age. Exactly. You? Oh, you were 17? Yeah. <laughs> well, she looked like how my friend, older sister's friends looked. And so that scene where they were in the basement and like she was smoking a cigarette and Andy walked over and was like, I want to try one. And he smoked it. I was like, this is wish fulfillment. This was like what I <laughs> wish would have happened. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, um, Same for me at that age. I was like, I wish a kid would come up and <laughs> want to smoke my cigarette. I wish I was in a basement with a kid and he would ask me to smoke my cigarette. <laughs> I also wish I could bury some doll in the ground. <clears throat> um, that got me. I had seen Child's Play 2 before, but I was like, why is Chucky looking at that dirt patch underneath oh, yeah. the swing? That was yeah. a good reveal. Yeah, it was good. And I thought it was cool because it was related to, it wasn't just a little twist of like he buried it. It was specific to childhood. I was like, they remember oh, the yeah. detail of the yeah. dirt patch under the swing. That is a weird thing that happens at houses. Oh, yeah. The little oh, dirt I never patch. even put that together. Yeah, that's right. Um, But, uh, Smart of Chucky. I mean, half smart of Chucky to know, oh, that dirt is kind of loose there. So I could, but half dumb that he's not thinking a bunch of feet are going to go over that dirt patch. Yeah. Never that. dig a shallow, shallow grave. Take it from me. <laughs> is that the that's just, titular just line from shallow grave? No, I just, that's personally, I just can't go into any more detail. <gasps> oh, but. oh. You were buried in a shallow grave, or you whether it was me or I grave. buried someone, or hey, I got I think, it right or I didn't. Don't worry about it. I think you might need uh, some good representation south of the Mason-Dixon line. Oh, hello! <laughs> Did someone say shallow grave? I don't like the deep end graves because you can't get enough air. <laughs> You know what I mean? You sink down in a seven or eight foot grave. You can't. Well, you could have a grave diving board there. I, I digress. I'm here to represent my poor little Chucky. Yeah, he's been accused of uh, digging a shallow grave. Oh, this doll, this inanimate doll. Yes. Tell him, Chucky. Oh, nothing to say. One thing you say, hi, I'm Tommy. I want, I'm your best friend. Doesn't sound like a murderer to me. Oh, the people of Law and Order always benefit from the fact that Chucky doesn't talk when you ask him to talk. This always blows up in her face. <laughs> He's missing a J-Frog, isn't he? <laughs> Uh-oh, well, listen, I gotta go. Chucky's coming with me. He's going to sit in the corner of a blast from a pass. I get $500 for this guy. That's I, uh, uh, Esquire, I I question your uh, choice of dressing like your client. Who me? Oh, yeah. well, it's just to show you that uh, big blue denim. <laughs> yes, and I got these little plastic molded shoes with a fire axe and a p pistol and a gun. 
<laughs> so who's the real human and who isn't here? <laughs> Case dismissed. What? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, when you were saying um, the good guys doll, it did remind me of uh, Chucky kills somebody with a good guy's yardstick at some point in this movie. I don't know, the teacher. He does uh, a yardstick like a like a little. He goes. Quick, quick. That was a good guys one? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Uh, but the that more uh was to um remind me that the good guys stick Oh, that the murder wasn't very and I was thank you for bringing a southern lawyer when I uh I asked, had nothing to do I, with I asked him to appear. <laughs> uh um. Yeah, that like. Uh, I like that the sequel isn't grim. Yeah, it's not mean, and it's not. It's gross in parts, but like the fact that this wasn't like um a depressing people are shit and look at this filthy yes. bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Like yes. kind of movie, yeah. I I really appreciated even in the deaths. Like yeah. they are so non gory. I mean, somebody no. gets that's what reminded me. Somebody gets killed with a good guy's yardstick. I mean, it doesn't even make sense how you could, and all you see is the yardstick go up and down, and it's like bloody. <laughs> the grossest part of the movie is when he has to like cut off his own hand and put a blade in it. I know. That is a pretty amazing. Even the eye machine thing yeah. wasn't all no. that gory. You know what? I The hardest part of the movie for me was just another movie of a kid not being believed. Like Ugh. that just got to be the point where I was like, for some reason that really... The hardest Struck was when he got in trouble with the teacher when Chucky wrote that not nice message on her on the that test. That was hilarious. I do love just how Chucky's not just mischievous; he's downright like, "What a shithead!" I mean, he's he's a serial yeah. killer. I get it. I know what I'm saying here, but I just love. What does he write to the teacher exactly? Like, fuck uh, you, bitch. Yeah, it's just fuck you, so bitch. to the point. I know. No, I know. no catchphrase, no poetry, just <laughs> fuck you, bitch. <laughs> it is, you know, like those shock jocks who maybe learn the long, wrong lessons from Howard Stern. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. him with Freddie. Yeah. Like, Chucky, watch some Freddie. You know, Freddie will say, like, oh, it's prime, welcome to prime time because he put his head, her head yeah. in a. In a television, that's kind of witty, Freddy. Chucky yeah. saw that was just like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Freddy would write like, school's out, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. Uh, so, um, and that haunted me a little bit. I don't think I would tell this story once. Uh, in third grade, I had a spelling test. Uh -huh. And before we take the spelling test, um, Mrs. Moyer that year, many other teachers other years, you could pair off and review the words before the spelling test, which is basically like, just bone up real quick, learn yeah. how to spell these words so you do it right. And uh, me and uh, this guy, Nick, there was two Nicks in my class, but this was uh, Nick P. Okay. Not Nick N. No. We were running the words, and one of the words was hook. And he said, hook uh -huh. And it made me, we laughed. We shared a little laugh about that. But then when it came time to do the spelling test, and she said, hook, I wrote down hooker. 
So when the teacher was reviewing the spelling test, she sees a little Paul Rust, age nine, spelling test hooker. I just wrote hooker. Bitch. <laughs> well, that was my Chucky. When I got it back. Nick P. Chucky'd you. Yes. And when it was, she just marked it wrong. But when I got the test handed back to me and I saw hooker, it was the equivalent of what little Andy felt when he saw what Chucky wrote. Wait a minute. I have I have a beef with you getting that wrong. I understand it's not spelled the same as hook, but like obviously you spelled hook, you just But you know did if, she it, think if you it was were... a spelling bee. I guess, but But I thought think... she let me off the hook, Matt. I was just happy that didn't say next to it, come and see me after school. I'm a hooker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said you blown my uh my cover. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you want a hooker just say so wink wink uh uh the um okay so uh oh the child's play two logo yeah did you think that two looked a little too like the red drippy two and lethal weapon two Uh, yeah i was just gonna say lethal weapon do you think they got that on loan (sighs) that's maybe a like stock image two for, yes. for movie sequels. It was the to, following summer after Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2. So I bet that Drippy 2 was... Drippy 2. Drippy 2 is in high demand. <laughs> Loaded Weapon 1 has a Drippy 1 that in the credits it actually, in the trailer, it makes a dripping sound. It goes, oh, drip. Tip a canoe and Drippy 2. <laughs> That's who I'm putting my political weight behind. <laughs> um, President Tyler, he he's an ancestor of mine. True story. Seriously? The known as the worst president. Why? Well, uh, prior to 2016. That's right. We get political here. <laughs> we say we don't think that old president was quite as good as he should be. Um uh, you know, I thought it was going to annoy me a lot more in this movie. I previously said, "Oh, sometimes the child play movies annoy me because they don't It's what you said, it's depressing about the movie and frustrating is when they don't believe him yeah there was only really one scene oh, i didn't like the scenes where andy got accused of stuff yes big time didn't those frustrate me but the ones that really really frustrate me is when and it only happened once in the very beginning when he's playing cards with the counselor and he's saying chucky is alive and he's like uh-huh right <laughs> it's a little bit of the ghostbusters 2 syndrome where like Y'all don't remember the big Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? Yeah. These guys helped you. Why are they? You're n- There's at one point the mayor of Ghostbusters 2 goes like, "Why should we believe you?" or something like that. Right. It's like, "Well, they d- But did was but nobody knew Chucky was real. But the Oh, Chris Sarandon, end of Child's Play 1, he could have easily gone no, he saw him moving around. Well, he did, but what was he going to do? Go to the media? Still no one's going to believe him. But just that this kid, you're right. It's not like Ghostbusters 2 and that the whole world yeah. would kind of know about it. Right. But I, get I don't know. I want somebody in this kid's corner going, no, uh, you should have seen this crazy shit. The one consolation I get is that nobody, 
anyone that doesn't believe him ends up dying. But right before they die, they're being killed by the thing that this kid has been trying to tell him about. And that's pretty great. So they have a moment of, oh, no, he's got a yardstick. That's true, because it is good that it isn't just even like they get it to the back of the head. Yeah. At least they get a moment where they go, yeah. oh, Andy was right. That my is, hubris, is- my hubris. Of course children are killers, <gasps> child dolls. Well, this brings on to the next thought of um, – uh, when do they recognize it's a doll? Because uh, I liked when that guy, um, the Ali McBeal guy's in the front seat and he's driving and he gets the gun put to his neck yes. and we're supposed to believe that, <laughs> eh, maybe it's believable, that he just thinks it's a human <laughs> from the back seat. Yeah. But the gun's barrel was like so I, tiny. <laughs> and if he just looked, he'd just see I a little know. hand. Wouldn't he just be like, who's this weirdo in the back I seat? And I, I, Carjacking I'm trying to me. think, even if you felt a little squirt gun nozzle, I don't know. It just wouldn't have the same. You wouldn't feel the open <coughs> barrel that a bullet's supposed to go through. You'd feel the little like. Yeah, the the little part. seam, the flashing, and the and then it wouldn't have the cool of gunmetal. <laughs> Sweet cool, yeah. and definitely not the heat. No. After, um, there was also um, uh, that that antique figurine that oh don't, yeah, dare not break it. I I call that Chekhov's antique figurine. <laughs> Present an antique figurine in the first act. It's going to get broken at yeah. some point. Check off the Yadro. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then uh, Christine Elise comes in as uh, Kyle. Um, when when Andy gets to go in the new bedroom, when you're a kid getting to go in other kids' bedrooms and play with their toys, oh, isn't yeah. that the best? Yeah. It's like... I guess probably what when you're growing up and you go out to see friends, right? Or when you get to dig through your other friends' drawers. Yes, when you're a grown up and your friends are out of the house and yeah. you go inside their house and rifle through What's their stuff, their medicine cabinets, and I guess it's kind of the, that fun. <laughs> I noticed another thing about the heightened reality is that all of these rooms have basically obtuse angles, so they don't they would never work as actual rooms. They're almost like theater sets as opposed to movie sets they're all yeah. right angled they're do just, you think that's because of the puppetry set no i think it was just the vision of the oh. look because that yeah it's just the walls are all spread wide that just wouldn't happen in a in a normal house you couldn't really have I mean, you can but yeah. it causes not in a house that looks like that you no know? yeah um it's almost like a yeah like Funhouse yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um the uh uh now the um I do like how that factory looks outside. It's so like modern yeah. with all that glass. It doesn't yeah. even look like it could be an industrial no factory. and the sign though, the sign is like so different. Oh, and the yeah. big Chucky good yeah. guy sign in front. I yeah. love. Um do you know the California Raisins? Yeah, have you yeah. met them? Yeah, I do. Did you I get know that them. backstage this, pass? You would have. Yeah, yeah, I know them. If you want to meet them, I can. I can. One of them's dead, but I can. And then another guy's been replaced. But I mean, what's that place in like West Hollywood that's like off Beverly? That's like the California Institute of Design or something like that. But it it looks kind of like that building. It's like blue glass, and it's sort of 
almost pyramid, but they use it as the exterior and bow finger for like the the Scientology esque oh, center. Keep it together place. Yeah. Oh, that's funny because the house from Bowfinger is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a rock, y'all. Yeah. Bowfinger location. <laughs> um uh but I that must be such a sought after um filming location oh, and they have yeah. to always keep people away from there. Cause I remember one night I was helping somebody with a student film in Los Angeles, like 2005 or a comedy video. And then like Sunday night at 1030, they're like, we're going to just sneak in and we're going to use the lights that shine off the building to shine off your face uh, for a close up because it'll just make it look cool. And we stepped there and within two minutes, somebody came out and was like, it wasn't get off the lawn. It was... Where's your shooting permit? Oh, my God. I was like, oh, that must be the main thing they're always fighting off as people who want to be like, they're yeah. shooting their sci-fi movie and they yeah. need the building for their like... I can't picture this building. I... Um, let me find it. It's kind of around that um, area of new buildings, sort of maybe where West Hollywood and Century City. Oh, like by Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Which, uh, as a diehard... Die Hard fan of Die Hard. Uh-huh. Have you watched Airheads? No. The radio station movie is one big funny. I Re- Leslie and I watched Airheads. I know the movie, but I've never seen it. I've just been on a get me out of this crazy world. Let's watch some goofy nineties yeah. comedies kick. And Airheads is a the screenwriter loves Die Hard. Each character gets his own little funny spoof. The Airheads, the band guys are the terrorists. Oh, really? And Michael Richards, who's like falling all over inside the office and like crawling around and getting into shit, is the John McClane. Oh, wow. Um, But the parking lot is in, shares the same parking lot as Nakatomi Plaza. So in all the shots outside, they're just in front of Nakatomi Plaza. Um, So if you're ever hard up for some diehard, yeah. Um. Well, I'll I'll look up what that building is. And... We could take a pee break and oh, okay, yeah. Oh, someone on the someone somewhere, forget me, forgive me, and forget me. I want to be dead to you for forgetting this. I don't remember their name. Said Child Spray. It was a great pee break name. Oh my Even gosh! Especially for breaks. Child Spray Two. I'm gonna go spray two. <laughs> oh God! We'll be right back with and Ryan. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. With Corley and Rust. It's Child's Play 2 episode part two. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I think, you know, we can keep track of some of our favorite tropes in these Child's Play movies and with the first one, remember, mm. it was funny how the babysitter grabs Chucky by the arm too hard. It's like, oh, oh you are going to get it. <laughs> My favorite, uh, oh, you are going to get it, is with the guy when before uh, the Ali McBeal guy, when he puts Chucky in the trunk. Oh, yeah. And he tries to close <laughs> the trunk door on his face. Multiple like times. times, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, um, he dies by suffocation. Right. I wouldn't like that. No. But these car deaths, this is the second of what will be three by the end of Child's Play 2. Uh, Chucky attacks somebody while driving. Right. And me thinks it has something to do with because Chucky's actually not that big of a threat. And so the way they have to amp yes. up the stakes is like, you're in a place you can't get out of driving. And yeah. Chucky's putting plastic bags over your head or blades through the seat. I know. It is funny to think that you really could just give Chucky a hell of a kick and kick him across the room and, and run. And run. He couldn't run faster than you with those little legs. <laughs> those little those legs. little legs. I mean, there's something to be said about all horror movies have easy solutions. Yeah. And that's actually what's cool about horror movies is there's some sort of like allegory for what happens in life which mm -hmm. is usually there's usually pretty easy solutions it's just our ego or whatever gets in the middle of it and that's why we can't fix easy things easily so with chucky it's sort of the same thing it's like oh we build up so much shit that it's hard to like take chucky down yeah but like there was a time when like she slammed on the brakes he went off and she's waiting for him to crawl back up on the hood <laughs> it's like just go leave him in the dust um but uh 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 because yeah the first one chris saran he gets the blade through the seat and yeah then he gets the plastic bag and then the girl at the end kyle right. is also dealing with him i'm just curious how many more chucky car attacks we'll be getting I, this. I am gonna watch out for the yeah pissing chucky off yeah in a minor way the ooh, yeah. that's pretty good chucky's gonna not like that <laughs> i just hope they have a big other child's play movie come out so i can go to the theater when that happens the whole audience says together ooh. <sighs> Chucky's not, not gonna, gonna like that. that. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, I gotta say, you know, Andy is doing remarkably well for on his first night in a stranger's house where there's a storm and no mommy and a doll that looks like the one attacked you. He's handling it pretty well. Andy's a hero. I mean, and he's a hero that's not getting recognition for his heroic deeds. Two movies in, and that guy, hey, I mean, I could never do what he does. No, selfless. Yeah. I, I'd be looking for credit the whole time if I was Andy. Credit and shelter and comfort. Yes, love, protection, My security. Um, the, uh, when Chucky was doing that whole thing of like burying his double <laughs> and stuff and replacing it, Again, like I said, just more Chucky in this movie than you could ever get. But it's also like, I think in that first scene when he goes and visits the voodoo doctor, that's the only time you ever break from a human being's point of view of like, 
This is what Andy's witnessing. This is what, mm. um, or the, the center of this scene is Andy. This is his mom. This is the cop. In that scene, it's just like, you are only following what Chucky's up to. Oh yeah. But in part two, and I imagine this just increases exponentially as right. the movies go on. There's just scenes where you're just full on with Chucky, oh, hanging yeah. out with him. It's Chucky's world and we're all living yes. in it. Yes. Always. Now, forever. <laughs> uh, uh, this uh, let us, we can talk about Brantley's notes about how this doll named Tommy uh-huh. is apparently named, nicknamed after, because it's an evil doll. The bully, a doll right? yeah. is named after Tom. Holland, oh, oh, right, right. The original director of Child's Play. Yes. Who, I guess after the original Child's Play came out, was talking some shit and saying he wrote Child's Play. He should have gotten sole credit for it. And he doesn't understand why the uh, the person who, the two co-writers, one of them directed part two here. Yeah. And the other one wrote it. Uh, so now they are like, hey, we control Chucky. And we're going to name this shitty little doll Tommy after you. Um, But when I read those things that he said that were kind of like snotty towards the other Child's Play writers, this guy Tom, um, I will say I've listened to some commentaries with this man and I've listened to some interviews on a Psycho um, podcast that he did some uh, interview for Psycho 2. It doesn't surprise me that he's a little rough around the edges. Oh, I thought you were going to say the opposite. But he sounded. Oh, yeah, interesting. In what way do you do you think uh, the like wanting wanting credit for Child's Play? And I actually wrote it. Like that was the vibe I was getting in all of his interviews. Mm. Was sort of like, um, well. Yeah, a person could do that if they were an idiot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, uh, so I don't know. I guess he didn't like the idea that other people. He wanted full credit for the Killer Doll movie. Go screw Tom Holland. You're out of it. Yeah, you're out of it. You're not even going to be in any part of these Child's Play movies. Anymore, and we're man. better off without you. Go, uh, go suck a Chucky arm. Go suck a Chucky. Go suck a Chucky. Go suck a Chuck. Um, Andy from the beginning is like, I hate you. There's no love lost between him and Chucky now. When Andy first sees, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he wants to get out of him. I like the little callback with the uh, he checks the batteries and they are in him. Yes. Um, the we don't talk about Kinder Kinder nightmare Kinder trauma too much. But it's like the images that would scare you as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's the right Sounds use. Right. But there is a, just a, a 10 second selection you could make from this movie if you wanted to F up a kid for life where Andy's asleep in bed and it's on him and then it just like pans over his room at nighttime and then sitting on a shelf is Chucky and he starts to like move his face and like grimace yeah um if a kid walked in and saw that forget it that'd be the end of it yeah that's already what your imagination is cooking up yeah um would you does chucky like chucky doesn't scare me 
on a like a level really but you no. said amanda yeah for her it, it there's something there i think just because she was young enough when it came out that it scared her and it would have if i was young i'm certain but i was just what 15 when the first one came out if i even saw it then and it yeah. was like right in the sweet spot of all oh, this is fun but i wasn't scared for a second I mean, these movies are, there is a moment that's really odd where like Andy ha- gets the chicken turkey carver yeah, and he's walking around the house by himself. And I was like, this movie has found a way to take the genre, like, like the slasher trope of the girl walking around in the empty house yeah. looking for the killer and just freaked it out and done some yeah. wild shit with it. There's We're watching a nine-year-old kid walk around trying to kill a doll. Plus that begins with a red herring because you see what you think is a Chucky hand open get that thing, but then you realize it's yeah, Andy. Yeah, I like that. That'd be cool if there was a little bit of a Friday the 13th part five where, well, that's oh. not part five, but at all. But like if, if Chucky and Andy decided just to team up. Yeah, or even Andy doesn't team up. He's just like, I'm so twisted now. I want to start killing people. And now I can start really blaming it on Chucky. Yeah, and Chucky's like, hold on. Hey, bitch. I'll take credit for what I've done, but yeah. don't. Um, when the dad says, uh, she's like, you don't like anything? He's like, yeah, maybe a Valium. I've noticed a steep decline in Valium jokes. Uh, and Quaaludes. And Ludes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I- I've never had a Valium even offered to me. I don't, they just seem like they were in every purse I and know. medicine cabinet up until 1992. 80s. Yeah. I, I, a Valium is just a tranquilizer, right? Just a yeah. m- like medical sleeping pill. Is there a thing Muscle now people relaxer. go, like, do they go Clonopin? Like, what's the- Or Ambien th- or Xanax or something? Yeah, like, do you want something? Yeah, maybe a couple Xanax. <laughs> but Valium is just like every other movie I, I watch. Know. A Valium joke. I know. And when I was a kid, I never understood Valium was a pill. I, I was like, they want Valium? Yes. What do you What do you mean Valium? It won't, and it sounds like a vial. It sounds like the thing that yeah. it could come in. It, it's very confusing. And, and seeing then, when people were treated with lithium, I was yes. like, a battery? <laughs> they shock them? And that ludes, quaaludes is yeah. another L word. Um, and yeah, they're off market. So I don't even... I. It, if I wanted to, I don't know if I could ever know what it felt like to be. I believe, I don't know where I'm getting this, but I feel like I've either read this or heard this somewhere that ludes still exist, but they're from the time. They're like vintage ludes. Vintage ludes. Do they even work? I mean, I what's know. it? And it's like drunk in a pill. What's the like, what's the effect? Of ludes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think quaaludes are just like a muscle relaxer, almost like, Oxycontin and Norco or something like that. It's was not, they were they opiates? I don't even know. Yeah, I thought it was sort of like the sensation you get having like two or three drinks. You're just sort of like, yeah. I mean, maybe the closest is like when somebody takes a sleeping pill or an Ambien or something. I don't yeah, know. Uh, I could be wrong. It, Arloons, the decade champion. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is a 2020 correspondent now. <laughs> anyway, smash that like and subscribe button and let us know in the comments below <laughs> if you've tried lewds. <laughs> Matt and I still haven't seen cocaine. Nope. Never seen lewds. I've seen cocaine. I've never tried never it. Never tried it. Yeah. I've never seen, never tried. 
Well, you know, I should say I've never seen the substance. I've seen a triangle fold of cocaine. Where out? When you I was at my house when my stepsister, she was 17 and her boyfriend came over and he dropped one on the floor. Party boy. Yeah. And didn't know he dropped it. And I picked it up and gave it back to him. And he's like, you're a pretty cool kid for not ratting me out. And I went, I know. And then you stuck your little fingertip in it. And like, <laughs> Put it on my like, Wait a minute. This isn't sugar. This has been cut with soda, man. You've been, ah, you you've been robbed. Let me handle this from here on out. <laughs> you roll up your little sleeves. <laughs> Let me get behind here. Uh, now, um, with, that's when, when Chucky gets thrown down stairs <laughs> and he gets a bloody nose. He says, I'm turning human again. If I don't get out of this body soon, I'm screwed. Yeah, this is real ADR sort of recap shit. <laughs> yeah, and when he says I'm turning human again, it's yeah. more like I think the process of turning human is continuing unless right. do they think getting set on fire in a fireplace like stops and reverses the <laughs> Well, that's what's so confusing is he does just they, turn into pure well, he's never pure doll because the minute he awakens, he's he's I don't soul. Yeah. 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 Mm. They are playing fast and loose yeah. with the rules here. But they're not playing fast and loose with the awesome slams. I love early 90s like Somebody says in the classroom, get lost, microchip. <laughs> microchip. That's right. That's pretty great. Those are so good. Yeah. Uh, there was a Popples cartoon that my friend and I used to a watch. What? Remember Popples? The toy that was like, you put them into a little sack and then you can pop them out. Oh, yes. And then you push them back in. Vaguely. Um, like anything, any toy, it had a cartoon. And the brother and sister would always argue with the dumbest fucking insults. And uh, one of them was, uh, get a life, carrot teeth. Carrot teeth? Carrot teeth. Are they orange or pointy or both? Neither. And what is microchip? Is it an, Are you a nerd or you're just a small... And why do you have to get lost? Yeah, that's always the first part. Oh, just to check my notes, yes. Written on the test is, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I made Jeez. sure to write that down. That's yeah. great. Um... Don't like it when Andy gets blamed for the stuff Chucky does. No. Um, now, we've talked before that how Chucky kind of has a Jack Nicholson-esque yeah. delivery. I felt it no more than, uh, or no less, than when Chucky got locked in the little storage closet in the classroom. He was like, get me out of this goddamn oh, yeah. door. It sounded like a- Wendy. Yeah. 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 It sounded like Wendy was Andy, and he wanted out of the uh, It deep felt freeze. like that, yeah. Um, then- Chucky gets out. Uh, I think you interviewed this woman, right? The woman who plays the teacher? No. Um, isn't it, she one of the women on the bus and speed? Beth Grant? No. Oh, is she? Uh, no, 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 no. I made that up. Well, because no, I didn't. I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Because um, I was going to say it's too bad you didn't get to ask about this Chucky too. I know. So, I'm sure I would have, but um, no, I don't. But, I know I interviewed the woman that was like the kind of hip retro, like okay. with the cat's eye glasses. I see. Yeah. Um, but there's a point where Chucky goes, forgetting that, but there's a point where Chucky goes from the classroom and he gets back in time to the basement. I don't know if you remember this on the floor at the foot of the steps. So by the time yeah. he gets back, the Andy can't blame him yeah. for what happened, but I was, they didn't show it, but I like to imagine a little like 
Ferris Bueller's day off run back that Chucky has to do to beat the family home. Like a little He's like doing little jumps on He runs through a backyard where two girls are sunbathing. Hi, Chucky. How you doing? Hi, Chucky. Chucky. Gets a little on a trampoline, does a flip. And then hits the car with the dad in it, but then the, he go, leaves and the dad does a double take. Did I see it? But Chucky's doll? dad. It's like a grown <laughs> Chucky and he sees the Chucky doll. He's like, nah, that could have been. Beep, beep. Adults can wear those overalls too. <laughs> Case concluded. Uh, you're going to have to answer to the fashion police, though, Southern lawyer. Oh, I get a jail out of free card. What? <laughs> Um, uh, then we get um, Andy stalking Chucky with the turkey carver Um, I love that overhead shot of Chucky and Andy wrestling on the basement that was just like so wild yeah Um, and uh, like psycho level Um, then I gotta say one of the most kind of like graphic crazy does is the dad falling off the stairs and breaking his neck yeah and then when the mom goes and runs to him, and she's like bawling by his dead body, but they're yeah. both in these like weird matching flannel pajamas. <laughs> That's right. Such a weird image. Yeah. Uh, then um, Andy has to go back to the foster home. And this is when Kyle is like, maybe something's up. And there's an- another kind of psycho reference with the mom. Her back is in the chair, and then she turns oh, yeah. her. Now, I got to say, with a sewing machine there, I'm hoping for some stitched mouths, stitched eyelids. I thought so, too. A scarf and a mouth? But then she had, like, was it? it, Or she was strangled. I think she was strangled, and that was, like. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant, but still no stitches. Yeah, no, I know. The least he could have done is. Stitched it up. Stitched her eyes. Stitched it up. Stitch it up. Um, I did, like, there was a. There's a couple of totally ridiculous images. Like, there's a point where Chucky's like holding a car phone and talking. Yes. <laughs> there's also just a sublime image where it's like <laughs> Chucky's driving and Kyle's in like riding shotgun. It's just like a full on like shot of the two of them. It's so silly. When you when you haven't taken the journey and just right. put yourself in at that point, you gotta go like, what the fuck? It would be like the if you were watching it with your friends. And we're all digging Child's Play 2. We're into this movie. And then your parent yeah. like walks in right at that moment with yeah. the dolls driving the car. Yeah. You're like, oh, it was, it's not Tootsis, I swear. <laughs> well, they'd just be like, oh, good. You're watching some kids movie. <laughs> oh, my boys haven't grown up yet. Yeah. They're still kids at heart. Fuck no, you. just kids. Get out, bitch. Um, now, when you said bitch there, uh, similar to the message he wrote on the test, <laughs> when... Chucky gets launched through the windshield and he jumps out of the hood of the car and stuff. Um, they add a little ADR where it was just a, just a reminder that Chucky is a misogynist. <laughs> when he gets launched out, he goes, Goddamn woman driver. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he is just a shithead. Chucky is our shithead. Um, now then there's a really cool death where that woman is stabbed to death while she's getting xeroxed yes 
And right. that's so brilliant. And you just get to see, well, there's something else like that in a movie. Well, the, it's the same summer uh, in the, probably the exact same theater I saw. Uh, well, I didn't see Child's Play 2 in the theater, but um, uh, in Gremlins 2, there is a Gizmo is terrorized scene and the Xerox is coming out and you can see him getting attacked in the Xerox machine. And it's, oh, yeah. And also is a clever joke because then it's like the doubles of gremlins that are being made like when he gets multiple. Right. But that same year, Gorley, 1990, Bonfire of the Vanities. Right. That's what I'm thinking of. Is that what you're thinking yes, of? Yes, it is. But yeah. she pulls down her underwear mm-hmm. and sits on the copy machine. That's three movies in four months, I think, that in six months. Well, that's, Went Xerox machine crazy. That's peak Xerox because, you know, when was the Xerox invented, not invented, but in normal use, probably in the 70s, maybe 60s, yeah. 70s. And then it took a while for office parties to happen and people get drunk and they'd Xerox themselves. And then it became a cultural joke. But you'd think it would have found its way into the movie sooner than that. I'm sure it is, but. Yeah, I bet there was probably. Um, I mean, Scrooge does 1988, and that's my first memory of the Xeroxing your butt joke. Yeah. Uh, that really was a gift from the comedy gods, huh? I the know. Xerox machine. They're like, and the joke that you could Xerox your butt on it. Uh, whoever Bill Xerox, whoever invented that, had no idea what he was truly inventing. <laughs> There's that pretty brilliant, uh, I think, SNL parody where it was like the copy machine with the grooves built in for your butt so you could take... <laughs> <laughs> um, um now uh there I get some more Chucky Goidi La Bella. Yes. But this was an even enhanced more because he's in the back of a moving Chicago Sun Times <laughs> truck with stacks of papers behind him. Now let's talk about the Sun yes. Times thing. Yeah. Yes. Go for it. Well, the first one I mentioned. You see some sometimes, hey, was that, uh, uh, um, were they trying to slide some money to Ebert for a good review by promoting his paper? And now Brantley said he couldn't prove this, but some people thought the appearance of the Chicago Sun-Times truck in this was a thank you to Roger Ebert for the good review, Um, but that he reviewed... Child's Play 2 poorly, so people should look out. In Child's Play 3, there's a character who looks like Roger Ebert, who's like, we gotta quit making Chucky dolls. That, I guess, is a... Interesting. So the Ebert telephone line is... uh, Stay on the sunny side of Child's Play is the lesson here. Yeah, don't piss off Chucky. I mean... Okay, now they wind up here um, uh, at the factory. Yeah. Did Ken Adam design this uh, <laughs> factory climax uh, yeah, location? Or like whoever did the 60s Batman. Yes. Yeah. Those two, somebody who was only raised on Bond films and the 66 Batman. Yeah, because there's like, you can never quite make out the perimeters of the factory, the walls or anything, you know? <laughs> it's just Ceiling. a stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, a so doll you- factory? Could Where toys be? are made. <laughs> Tune in. Uh, and then I thought that ending is pretty cool. You get the little um, labyrinth chase through the boxes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, I, it, 
I think it's pretty cool about this movie that I have a visceral reaction to complete fakery. Yeah. Like, I know Chucky is a completely doll, but when he puts that thing on his hand and oh. detaches his hand and jams the blade in, it's cool that this movie makes me, like, gruesome. respond. Yes, yeah. That was pretty, pretty great. And then just the extended Chucky doesn't die easily. Yeah. He comes out as a weird mush thing that he comes out again and she puts price tags in his crotch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is one valuable crotch. I noticed that the very, very end, like right before his final one, is Chucky's going up on the track. He's like, No, come yeah. on, Andy. I was yeah. like, Did Chucky really think that was going to fool him? I love it. I love it that he's still going to try. <laughs> what if it did trick Andy? So I know. Andy's just either like a dope or just a pushover. Uh, stop, Kyle. No, he's fooling you. No, he's not. I uh -uh. finally believe him. I know he's just spent the last. Two nights trying to kill us, but um, the uh, uh, but them trying to get up the track that's like those rolly things to get out through oh, the yeah. window, yeah, that is total like nightmare stuff, yeah, but also like the lot when you're with your cousins and you're making up a game, oh, yeah, <laughs> the only way you can get out is by going up this. Rolly, and then you go out through the window. <laughs> the floor is Chucky. Yes. I was so happy when the floor is lava game lock. It's like somebody's finally I know. put children's imaginations to reality. The floor is melted doll skin. <laughs> that, that final pile of Chucky. Chucky parts. Oh. Uh, and then when he has the tube. In his mouth. Yeah. And he has the, who's the guy uh, in James Bond who blows up Katana? Uh, yeah, yeah, Kananga. Kananga. And Milton Crest. Yeah, I know. It's like really up there in the pantheon of. But it's so weird when the tome goes to Chucky's mouth because it's like, Chucky, Chucky, just open your Chucky. mouth. Yeah. Let the tube drop out. There's nothing keeping you from going, oh, I'm holding on the tube in my mouth. I what? didn't even notice that. Just go, only his just head go blew blah, yeah. Chucky. It'll yeah. fall out. I mean, it almost it would push itself out rather than expand <laughs> the hard plastic <laughs> and steel and steel right. of the head. It would just jet out. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I mean, maybe somebody could make the argument that the melted plastic was holding the. But I'm not going to sure. believe that. Either way, that's stupid. If anybody makes that argument, <laughs> and then um, he. Uh, he he die he blows up, and then the last line is uh. I I know Chucky has a lot of like fake deaths here, so yeah. making it end on one more like, eh? but I would have liked, you know, a little twitching eyeball or something, right? Uh, rather than the one we had where it's the two of them are walking away from the factory, and she says, uh, he says, "Where's?" She goes, "Let's go home," and Andy goes, "Where's home?" She goes, "Andy." I have no idea. What an ending. Yeah. It's it's bleak in a way. And I, are they going to go back to the foster care or do you get the feeling that they're just going to live? She's just going to kind of take care of him. It almost feels like an admission of like, where's, what's part three? Just because there's like, no Chucky. Home? They're just living on the street. Yeah. It's like, we can't go back to Chicago where your mom's at in part one. We can't do this foster home thing probably again for part two. So let's yeah. do military school in part three. I think that's what they decide on. Is it really? Yeah. He's a oh, sort of wow. like a um, toy soldiers sitch. 
Oh, I'm excited about now, that. Now, I don't know how long they stay at the military school, but I'm pretty sure that's where Andy winds up. Taps and Chucky? Taps. Oh, my Chucky God. Chucky taps. Chucky now, taps. Now, don't get your hopes up. Chucky doesn't do a tap dance routine, but oh, it, is, come on. it is close. Um, and then, yeah, when those ed- credits popped up and it was like the vibe of Child's Play 1, it made me realize, what a vibe. Not since Alien to Aliens has there been such a... I don't know if that's true. Total yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, or or a, a change in a sense of what the purpose is of these movies. I know. I'm Because it also, the first death totally went into the sequel mode that we talked about with all these, which is the they, they make the victims assholes so yes. you're happy. This guy was a yuppie corporate piece of shit who is going to hook up with a woman, but before he does, he just goes to a liquor store and buys vodka. Ooh, Chucky, I hope you get that guy. He deserves it. Evil. Evil man. But in the first one, I don't think there's really any um, deaths that of bad people. Like in the first one, you're like, oh, I don't oh. want the babysitter to die. Oh, I don't That's want... That's right. Yeah. Even that voodoo guy seems pretty nice. He was very nice. Yeah. He was trying to get Chucky to not use it for evil. Yeah. He was a good voodoo man. He was goodoo. Goodoo. <laughs> the goodoo that you do. What do you like for best kill? I'm going to go with the Xerox machine. Me too. Of its time. And uh, let's see. We gave Child's Play numero uno. Both gave it a 10. 10 out of 13. Okay. You know what? I'll... I'll give this a nine for a little right. diminishing returns, yeah. but well done. Like I think the diminishing returns maybe put it down to a seven, but then some of the new stuff they brought in brought it up. gives it one more point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, my first thought was going to be eight and a half, so let's go with that. All right. Okay. Well, and also, Child's Play Two. We thank you that you were ninety minutes. Oh, that yes, that's big. I hope. Not that I'm not enjoying these, yeah. but these movies especially. They're perfect, 90. You're, you're making a huge mistake if you're doing a two-hour Child's Play movie. That's what's awesome about these first two is that they're so subplotless. And I kind of oh, get yeah. bored of subplots, Me honestly. too. In a horror movie, you don't need it. It's like, it. strap me in for one experience. Oh. Um, I mean, I do like in those uh, slasher movies how you can break off to different teenagers and sort of see their little entanglements and love stories. Yeah. Um, but that reminded me when I was saying, um, you know, uh, uh, watching and stuff, um, somebody on the Patreon mentioned that these are for now, it looks like all the child's play movies are free on Tubi oh. with ads T U B I. Cause I know how sometimes, uh, Putting money down for a movie might not always uh, be fun. So if we can help people find free ways to watch it, uh, by all means. Uh, Don't give money to Amazon. Don't give money to iTunes. Give money to Dr. Tubi. Absolutely. So let's say just running time. Yeah. Child's Play, the first one, hour 27. Child's Play 2, hour 24. Oh, my God. Child's Play 3. Three and a half hours. Oh, jeez. Jeez. No, it's hour 30. Okay. Bride of Chucky, <gasps> hour 29. Wow. God. God uh, Seed of Chucky, hour 33. Getting a little big for your okay. britches there, Chucky. Just scale it back a little bit. Curse of Chucky, hour 37. Ooh, the bloat. <laughs> Cult of Chucky, hour 31. 
And then 2019 Child's Play, hour 30. Gotta love it. God, these are good. Yeah. What was the longest... Um, well, the longest movie we probably watched is uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Is it? Um, maybe. Yeah. Um, but just the longest like slasher horror movie, maybe it's like probably uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween or oh, something. Yeah, you're right. The director's <laughs> cut of well, God. And even if it One wasn't, of the alien- it sure oh, felt aliens like it. are pretty long too. But it felt like it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and Child's Play 3... I believe is directed by Jack Bender, a oh. name you'll. He directed all a lot or most of the Lost episodes. Oh, interesting! So all you Lost heads, you get to see a little bit of the director's filmic work. Which I think when this podcast began, people were kind of like, "When are we going to get to see one of the directors from Lost's uh, Child's Play movies?" The answer is now. John Ritter's in Bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Hot yeah. damn! I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, we are. Ooh, yeah. Because will this be the first time then we get to talk John Ritter? I think it might. I mean, we've had other stops on, talking about Ritter along the yeah, way, but big to be Ritter to, heads over here. Big big Ritter heads. Ritter, John Ritter, and the character of Ritter from Clear and Present Danger, <laughs> played by John Ritter. No, I can no, he's the guy that uh, the like. Bureaucrat that talks like this. That, oh, Ritter. Yeah. In uh. fact, what did he? He showed up in something recently. Like they're doing a new movie. Oh. As a bureaucrat? Oh. Wow. What is it? He was like, what's something they've not rebooted, but they did a late sequel to recently that he was in the original. Oh. oh. What are those? Ah. I mean, that's kind of the reverse of what we were talking about, the re- non-returners to a sequel. Yeah. The Two Jakes has some really good, like, oh, I keep nobody comes back that. except, like, the accountant guy. The, the the guy who's like, Mr. Gettys, this is not a lending library. Oh, man. His name is Henry Cerny, and he and- plays Robert Ritter, and... Oh, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. That's what he's coming back to, yeah. Ah, uh, he's coming yeah. back as the bureaucrat. Yeah. The bureaucrat is back. He's a reliable actor, that guy. He's always fun to see him pop up. Yeah, I like that guy too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what other guy I like? You. I like you, buddy. <laughs> and I'll like you all the way until next week when we come back for Child's, Child's Play, Play 3. Three. We're falling off a cliff. For more Gorley and Rust content, Head over to patreon.com slash with Worley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Worley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.